Welcome back, listeners. It's Tag Smith. I'm so excited for today's episode. My guest today is an Edmonton-based escort. She is the host of the No Life Skills podcast, Ashlyn. Ashlyn, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first guest appearance on another podcast. I'm very excited. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, this is great. Yes. Listeners, I am in Atlanta. Ashlyn, where are you joining us from? I am in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, very far north. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if like I I'm terrible with geography, like if I'm like looking at a map and I'm looking at Canada, where in Canada is Edmonton? I would say it's like Midwest. Yeah. Okay. In the prairies in the flat part of the country. <laughs> okay, sweet. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. What's uh what's something to do in Edmonton? Like if some somebody's coming through, what's what's something to do? Well, I don't know if I'd recommend coming through Edmonton, but uh, if you find yourself here, sorry about that. Uh, just kidding. Edmonton's <laughs> not that bad. We have the West Edmonton Mall. That's kind of famous, right? It's like the biggest mall in North America. And we have a pretty good restaurant scene here in Edmonton. And our River Valley is really beautiful. It's actually 22 times larger than, um, what the frick is it called, in New York City. Uh, now I'm blanking. Manhattan? No, the park. Big park. Oh, Man Central Park. That, yeah, Central Park. I have oh, brain fart. <laughs> yeah, so the, the River Valley area is 22 times larger than Central Park. So Oh, wow, that's crazy. A lot crazy. of nice trails, yeah. Heck, yeah. Y'all also got hockey, too. I think y'all got the Oilers there. Yeah, yeah, we like hockey in Edmonton and Canada in general. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing. I don't follow hockey, but <laughs> okay, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we used to have a hockey team in Atlanta, but they left. But I feel like hockey games are fun to go to. They're like... I've only, like, we. I, I used to live in Raleigh, and we had the Hurricanes, and, like, fucking hockey games are dope. Oh, yeah. I, I used to go to hockey games all the time, but I wouldn't pay attention. I would just drink. <laughs> that's how most sport. I feel like that's how a lot of sporting events are. It's like, we're just here to drink socially and have fun, you know? Okay, not just me, then. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no. You're, you are not alone. I, used to, I mean, that's what mostly what, like, baseball games are. True. It's like, ba baseball games are, like, three hours long, super boring. It's just people getting drunk. And yeah. just like try playing games with themselves in the stands, really. Yeah, like no one's even getting into a fight in baseball, really. Like it's so boring. At least hockey, there's some commotion sometimes. Yeah, see, that's the thing I don't really get about hockey is like how you can still fight. And then it's like, cool, you don't, you don't even get thrown out, do you? Like you just fight and then it's like, all right, mm, let's, let's go back. I think they let them fight. Like I watched a game not too long ago. They were definitely letting them fight. And then they definitely gave them a penalty i don't know if both people got penalties though but yeah i don't know these sports things <laughs> yeah i'm like <laughs> i have no idea i just like watching it though it's fun yeah <laughs> hell yeah what uh what are you passionate about what's something you like to do for fun for fun um i love traveling for fun when we're allowed to i love road trips i've driven all the way to the mexican border and back so that's pretty far um i love wow. camping i I like to go to the gym. I like to cook. Yeah, normal things. Hell yeah. How was, how was driving to Mexico and back? Uh, it was like a big six-week road trip. So I like hit a bunch of national parks in the States and slept in my car most of the time. And then I almost crossed into the border to go to Mexico because I lost my inhaler in Las Vegas. And I couldn't get a new one in the States. And I was like dying and I couldn't breathe because I was in San Diego. And like along the California coast, the air quality is super poor. So I thought I was going to die. And um, I went to the border. And they were like, um, you shouldn't cross alone. And I was like, oh, okay, well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couch surfed with these girls in Laguna Beach at this university. And one of them had an extra inhaler. So it all worked out. 
Damn, that was perfect. Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> I was uh, I was listening to the first episode of your podcast, and you mentioned that you like graduated high school when you were 15. How does, how does that work? Or am I talking to a genius right now? <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm a genius, but so what happened was I was living in a different province for my grade y- nine year. And I was kind of bored. It was considered high school where I was. Um, sometimes in Canada, high school is like 10 to 12. But where I was, it was 9 to 12. So it was my first year of high school. I was kind of bored. So I did a couple classes online just uh, for something extra to do. And then when I moved back to Alberta, I had already completed like half of grade 10. And so this, the regular schools wouldn't let me in. Um, so I was kind of put into a corner and I had to go to this school where everything was done by correspondence. And it was basically a school for like people who like got pregnant or got kicked out of regular school. Okay. (laughs) So I went there and I ended up really liking it. And so all these courses were just like paper based and I was just able to like move through all the modules super quick. And so I ended up, yeah, finishing high school two years early at the end of my grade 10 year. And yeah, I won like a bunch of awards in school too that year. And I got like 100% on uh, the provincial exams for grade 12, a few of them. Holy which shit. I guess is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking dope. Yeah. My roommate now, he was, I guess he went to the same kind of school where it's like you could just complete your work as is and graduate early. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. it wasn't really the plan to graduate two years early. I was planning on graduating one year early. But then once I got started, I just had enough credits and like had all the courses I needed for post secondary. So, I just finished, and that was that. That's fucking dope. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> That's so crazy. I'm like, it would, yeah, I heard it, and I was like, what the fuck? How do you do that? That's <laughs> I don't know. Like, I look back on it. It wasn't even that hard at the time, and I was, like, working full-time at KFC at the time, too, so. <laughs> Damn. Hell yeah. yeah. KFC, like, uh, this is so random. I, uh, <laughs> like, at my last job, it was pretty slow, and so I would just, like, look up, like, just like random shit on Wikipedia, and I went down like a KFC like rabbit hole. Oh no! And uh, they got like five thousand in China. Like KFC is one of the uh, the top uh, restaurants in China, and like you know, like finger licking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like catchphrase or whatever. It's uh, when they translated it to Chinese or whatever. It was like finger so good you'll eat, or chicken so good you'll eat your fingers off. <laughs> never heard that was what it translated to (laughs) i think in a lot of asian countries i heard that like for holidays i don't know like thanksgiving or or maybe it was christmas because they don't have thanksgiving there but um people like go out and get kfc it's like a thing to do and apparently kfc is really big in trinidad i learned that too (laughs) okay hell yeah yeah an ode to colonel sanders this episode (laughs) yeah that's right they should sponsor us (laughs) fuck yeah that's what yeah (laughs) we need sponsors give us money (laughs) You're uh, working as an escort now. Um, I always like to start at the beginning, right? Go back, like the. Can you remember your first like exposure to sex work at all? Uh, like my first client, or like the first time that I was made aware of like sex work. Yeah, like the first time you were kind of made aware of it, I guess. Um, I remember when I was. I don't know, it was either just before I turned 18 or maybe I was already 18 and I read a fictional book about escorting and I forget what it was called, but that kind of piqued my interest. And then from there, I was doing some research and came across this other book called The Internet Escorts Handbook, which is like nonfiction. And yeah, I read that and I was like, all right, let's let's try this. Fuck yeah. (laughs) How was like how was getting into it? How was that for you? Um, Well, I started off before I ever escorted, I did a little bit of camming, like, and by a little bit, I mean, I made like $50 and I freaking hated it. And that was just not the job for me. And then 
I had heard about like the sugar daddy websites, like seeking arrangements and stuff. So I kind of went on there. I was so young. I didn't know what I was doing. All these guys were, these men were super creepy and like they wanted to have like unprotected sex and just they basically, my experience on those websites is men just want a cheap escort and they want bareback services. So yep. uh, yeah. And then, so I read this book cause I decided the sugar daddy thing wasn't going to be for me either. And so I like created a website and got some pictures done. And I think I was looking on Backpage at the time under adult jobs. And there was an advertisement for a rub and tug, like a studio in Edmonton that they were hiring. So I texted the number and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a job. And she's like, okay, send me a picture, uh, just a normal picture. So I sent her a selfie. And she's like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Come in for an interview. And so I go to this place for an interview. It's like 10 minutes from my house. I'm like, oh, great. I was so nervous. I brought my freaking resume to the rub and tug <laughs> because I was I didn't know these things. Like, they, they'll take anyone at these places. But yeah, so that's funny. <laughs> How was like the... Like, I guess, do they, like, tell you, I guess, like, what's going on there? Like, do you know what's happening, I guess, like, going into it? You're like, do you know what you're going to be doing, I guess, working at a studio? Um, I think I, I did know, like, I knew it was full service and stuff. I didn't really know how anything worked, though. I remember when I went in for the interview, I met with the boss, and she's like, yeah, you're hired, you're fine, yeah, you'll do great. And then the boss couldn't talk to me, like, the owner, um, and she got one of the ladies that was working that day to take me into a room and explain everything to me because I guess legally the owner couldn't, oh, okay. couldn't like, I don't there's legalities around that for some reason. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So she got someone else to explain it to me. <laughs> Do you feel like there was like a learning curve or like a waiver period, like at the beginning when you like weren't good at like escorting or like body rub? Like, I think the learning curve was just working with other women at the studio, like, because it can be not all the time, but sometimes a caddy environment and just girls who have been there longer. And um, like, if you screw something up, like the up system, like whose turn is it to answer the door, they'll get really mad at you. So not necessarily like the escorting part of things, but just like learning the what not to do at the studio and to work work well with others there that was a bit of a learning curve but everyone there knew that I was like brand new to the business and didn't know anything so I think I had an easier time than some people do okay yeah how is it being like I know when you started you're like 18 and like boundaries are like such a huge thing how is it like being 18 and like working in a studio and like having like older I'm sure a lot of clients are older but like how is that (laughs) I guess uh well I don't know I remember when I was 18, people always thought that I was older and like I'd already been out of high school for like two years, two and a half years when I started at the rub and tug and stuff. So people just assumed that I was lying about my age anyways. But I remember my very first client at the studio and I was so nervous. So I like go into the room and I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. He's like, oh, or I said, oh, it's my first time. Sorry. Like I'm nervous, whatever. And he's like, oh, are you a virgin? And he was like, so into that. (laughs) So gross. And I was like, what the hell? But I think, I don't know, like my first day that I worked at the Rub and Tuck, I think I saw like six or seven clients, which is a lot, like just working from 4 to 11 p.m. And I think after that, I was like, fuck, yeah, I can do this. It doesn't matter. And just having support of other women around and people who have been in the industry longer and being able to talk to them about things like, I don't know, it was never I don't remember it being a big deal, like older guys or anything. Okay. I do have like a few instances where men were creepy to me about my age when I was so young, but I think a lot of them just thought I was like 23. 
even oh, when well, I was 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I could go back, I would lie and say I was older than I was. That's my one regret about starting so young. I wish I just lied and said I was older because at the studio that I worked at, everyone lies about their age there. Like, it's just something that the owner does. Like, everyone's lying by like five, 10 years sometimes. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But like, I was 18. I didn't have to lie about my age. I never lied about my age. I always advertised my real age. But uh, if I were to do things again, I would not enter the business at 18, even if I actually was 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just like, I'm 27. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't well, ask me questions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, do you have like a most important thing you learned starting out in sex work at all? I think one of the most important things I've learned is just not to judge the men that see escorts and just a big learning was just knowing that this is a legitimate job and I'm providing a service and like, that's that at the end of the day, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent what it is. It's like you're providing a service and like a client's playing, paying for a service. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know if I had any like preconceived notions or anything about clients before I started. Like I just didn't really know anything. And yeah, I think just working in the business for a little bit, I'm a less judgmental person than I think I would have been having not been in the business just okay. from interacting with so many different kinds of people, like different ages, different races, different ethnicities all the time. So, oh yeah, like everyone at the end of the day is just looking to get their dick sucked and have some companionship. <laughs> real talk. That, that yeah. is real talk right there. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. Get your dick sucked and have some companionship. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> what, uh, how is going independent? How is, how is working independently versus working in a studio? How do you, how can you compare the both or compare the two? Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, I think I worked at the studio exclusively for about a year. And then one of the other ladies that worked there started taking me out of town. So we'd go to this town about two and a half hours away and we'd work like every weekend. So she kind of taught me what to do. And that was my first exposure. Yeah, working independently, I guess. She wasn't pimping me out, but we just went together and did our own thing. And things changed over the years for me at the studio, like just the business in general in Alberta changed. And I just found it wasn't as lucrative to stay in town so I started traveling a lot and yeah I don't know once even now if I just stay in Edmonton I've built up enough clientele that it's busy enough for me but I just found the studio basically it got ruined for me because I started doing these customer appreciation days which were just like way below what I was comfortable getting paid and then the studios were getting slow and men would only want to come in on those days Oh, okay. So I was like, screw this. I'm out of here. I could go make way more money out of town. So I, I definitely, yeah. So I definitely prefer working independent. I don't know at this point if I would ever go back to a studio. It wouldn't be for financial reasons. I think I would just go to like interact with other women if I felt the need. But okay. How is it like, is it pretty like, like, I guess like competition? Like, is there a lot of like, I guess, is there a lot of studios? Like, is there like competition between the studios? Like, how does, is, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, see, yeah. I'm well, imagining like a rival gang. Like, right, uh, <laughs> how does, how, how does that work? Um, well, in Edmonton, I think right now there's around 40 studios, I believe. And I think when I started in the business, there was more than that, maybe like 50. And we kind of distinguish them. There's the Asian studios and then there's, like we call them the white girl studios, but the non-Asian studios. Okay. And so there's a lot more Asian studios than there are non-Asian. And between the non-Asian ones, like the places I've worked, I would say there's definitely ones that have a better reputation than others. 
and just competition within the studio. I personally never felt like there was a lot of competition, but I do know that other women have told me otherwise and they've definitely experienced like competition and competitiveness. Not to say that I haven't experienced that. It just didn't affect me very much because I was always pretty busy when I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, how big is Edmonton? I'm like, you're like, there was like, I'm like 40 studios. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, that's a fucking, that's a lot. Yeah, people have no idea. Like, they're not really out there. Like, you drive by them all the time and people don't really notice. And yeah, Edmonton has a population of like 1 million. So. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's more than like any other business, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, the city was trying to shut down all the studios too. So yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I mean, there can't be that many McDonald's or like. What, oh, there's like, definitely. Oh, yeah. You guys got 40 McDonald's? Oh, probably. Definitely. Damn. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, I would say so. I might have to do some Googling on Edmonton. Y'all. <laughs> Everybody's sleeping on Edmonton. What the fuck? This yeah, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like different cities have different bylaws. So not every city in Canada has studios. Like, for example, Calgary, which is three hours south of Edmonton, they don't have any studios. I think they have like one or two that were grandfathered in when the laws changed. But yeah, I don't know. Edmonton's the place for rub and tugs if someone's into that. <laughs> oh, okay. So basically, it just varies by city on like their different ordinances, I guess, on what they allow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How has it been like traveling in Canada? Do you have a favorite city to work in, favorite city to travel to? What's the what's the move? Hmm, I would say in Canada for work, I love to go to Saskatchewan, the whole province. Uh, I just love it. I don't know. I make so much money there. I wouldn't say it's a great place to like go vacation and have fun. But um, if I want to go work somewhere a little bit nicer and have some fun and like see things do things i love going to bc i've pretty much traveled everywhere west of winnipeg and like worked in like really small towns like populations of like five thousand people i'll go to these places and work i've worked in vancouver i've worked on like vancouver island yeah everywhere i love going to bc though okay is that which which one is that one is that the one with toronto is that no no toronto is way more east i've never been to toronto but i would like to go one day it's just super far and to fly within canada is so expensive like during non-covid times and like hotels there are extremely expensive so it was actually cheaper for me to go to hong kong than it was to go to toronto really Mm-hmm. damn i kind of wanted to ask you about hong kong too because i know you mentioned on the podcast i'm like how was working in hong kong what was that like well, it was uh, it was interesting because I learned very quickly that time wasters and people who are going to fake book you exist everywhere in the world and it's not exclusive to Canada. So it was just like, it was fun. And the rates there are a lot higher than they are in Canada. Okay. But um, yeah, it was just, my time got wasted a lot there. People weren't serious a lot of the time. I made money. Like it was basically like a paid vacation. And I think I would do better if I were to go back now that I kind of know the games that people like to play there but overall it was a good trip and i really enjoyed myself and they seem to like canadians because i heard from people they don't really like when the american girls go there i don't know they got a bad rap for some reason but okay (laughs) but it was fun it was a good trip hell yeah because i was like i was like do they speak english but i'm like it was a british fucking you know it was a british spot for a while so yeah and that's the thing it was a really easy place to travel to for my first like big international tour because i knew that most people there speak english at least a little bit so and like the street signs are half in english and yeah it was easy to get around you know i wouldn't go to like mainland china or like japan for a first international trip because it's much harder to even just travel there not yeah. knowing the language that makes sense mm-hmm. so you have a podcast 
It's a great yes. podcast. Listeners, <laughs> listen to her fucking podcast, No Life Skills Podcast. Tell me a little bit about that. When did you start it? Uh, how's it been going so far? Well, yeah, t- t- yeah. tell the people about your podcast. All right. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I started a few months ago. I had thought about starting a podcast for years, and someone else in Alberta actually started a podcast and got, like, bullied. So I had some fear instilled in me. I didn't want to get bullied online. And this other person only lasted like a few episodes and then she never posted again. So I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. (laughs) I'm not really friends with this person, but I was just like, oh my God, what if that happens to me? That's so embarrassing. Uh, but, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, um, yeah, I was outed to my whole family in the summer, this past summer. And I was like, you know, fuck it. Now's the time. Let me get my voice out there. So I have like other sex workers on. I just had a strip club manager on some of my clients. I'm going to have a porn star on that did a scene for browsers. Um, Yeah, just any kind of sex worker, allies of the industry. Yeah, tell funny stories. Lots of lots of good stuff. I've had a lot of good feedback, which is really nice. It really is like, yo, listen, if yo, if you're listening to this podcast, fucking go listen to her podcast. Like, it's so, <laughs> you got a lot of funny stories on there. Like, it's, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to one, I guess, with your friend, like, y'all went to a strip club, took like a girl home from the strip club. Like, <laughs> yeah, my client what? and I. <laughs> yeah, lots of good flaming, they're like a fucking Dorito guy, too. So. Oh, yeah, my, my Dorito man. Yeah, he uh, gifted me seven cases of sweet chili heat Doritos one time. That's, so. <laughs> that's, that's. It's a lot don't of chips. Me, don't give me a wedding ring. Give me uh, seven cases of fucking that sweet chili heat. Exactly. No, I was like, this is the best gift ever. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, you know, I saw your, uh, you were trying to advertise for the podcast on a billboard. What's, <laughs> what's the status? What's the status? Oh my God. This freaking billboard is going to give me gray hair. So I was in contact with one advertising company because there's a few in Edmonton that do billboards and I was just going to do something locally just because I think it's funny. And now that my parents have disowned me, I figured I should put my face on a billboard and they could see it. Because I just I could think of nothing better to do with my money. That'd be so, so great. Yeah, and so they kind of knew what it was about. Like the I'm not promoting prostitution. I'm not advertising myself, my services. I'm promoting. I want to promote the podcast. So I was back and forth with this company for like two weeks, and then she emails me. She's like, "Hey, I need to give you a call." She's like, "So we sent the podcast to the CEO in Toronto. He loves it, and we talked to our lawyers, but we can't do the billboard." What? Um, yeah, and I I think they're just full of shit and just don't want a hooker on their billboard, which is fine. But they told me the reason was because the advertising age is like people five and above. And if somebody calls in and complains about my billboard, you know, if, if, if it offends somebody, then it gets taken down and then they've already got my money. I don't get a refund. But oh, I was just okay. like, this doesn't make sense because I see much more provocative advertising and like you're advertising liquor and stuff like that and like even in edmonton on one of the main highways there's like pro-life billboards which i find are way more offensive than uh, a podcast so yeah that's crazy yeah it's super frustrating and then i was uh i contacted two other places and i was transparent with them i was like hey you know i was in contact with someone else ended up denying me it's a an adult podcast and then that was as far as it got they're like um we're going to have to respectfully decline god that's so <laughs> i just i just want to put my face on a billboard i think it'd be so funny but that's i thought about that i was like i wonder how much that would run but it's like i don't have you know money it, to, that'd, be, that'd be dope yeah it wasn't that expensive it was a lot less than i thought it would be and the thing is there was another woman like a couple of years ago in another city in canada in winnipeg who 
bought a billboard for like several months or maybe a whole year or something. It made national news and she was like promoting her escorting services on this billboard. So that's where I got the idea. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, if she can do that, then I can certainly get a billboard. But uh, I guess because of that, it must have been a scandal. And now the rules have changed. See, I wonder if you could just like try to do a different city and even maybe if you can't like find somewhere in Canada, you could even get somebody in the fucking US to do it. Yeah, you could just all you got to get is a billboard doesn't matter where it's at. I know, know? right? Yeah, I got to look into it more because I definitely want to do it. But I was just hoping that I could like, you know, go drive and see it and like take a picture with it. God, that'd be a yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but I got I my plan is to like look into advertising standards and like what is and isn't actually allowed and whatever and to know like to figure out if they're bullshitting me or if they actually can't put my yeah. podcast on a billboard. Like I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but because it's like all you are all you're doing is advertising a podcast. Like that's all that's all it is. Yeah, and there's like a plenty of other podcasts that I'm sure have done advertising that's adult content. You know. Yeah. So. Oh well. Yeah, discrimination. It's going to happen, though. <laughs> I, I hope so. I'm going to make it happen one way or another. <laughs> Fuck yeah. How did you come up with the name for the podcast? I know you. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think some people don't understand the name, which I don't expect them to. But yeah, when I was, my brother outed me to my parents. And one of the last things my brother said to me over text before like we stopped talking was, one day you're going to be old and dried up and you'll just be a prostitute with no life skills. And I was like, you know, what a better way to brand myself. I'm just going to run with that. That's fucking great. That's- <laughs> so I hope he sees. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's like a juxtaposition because I think a lot of people, is, uh, there's a misconception about sex workers that it's easy money and not a lot of work goes into it. And, you know, like escorts are lazy and this and that, or you know, so yeah, I think sex workers of all kinds have a lot of life skills. For sure. Mm-hmm. Do uh do people close to you know about your work? I know you said like you're you got like outed to your family. Like are you able to talk to people like close to you about uh your job? Oh yeah, everybody knows. Yeah. I've been hooking for six years now. It's never really been a secret. Like I tell people at school, I just yeah, I don't care anymore. Everybody knows. I I think is the more I talk about it, the more normalized it'll become. Yeah. And I also recognize that I'm like in a privileged position to feel safe enough to be open with everybody I meet about it too. Like I recognize not everyone can do that, but you know, I don't have another career outside of this right now or anything. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose it all. If people find out I'm a hooker, like everyone already knows. Yeah. How is it in Canada? Like, is there like a, I know in the U S where like full service sex work is illegal. How is it in Canada with the stigma? Um, how do people feel about sex work in Canada? I guess I'm sure it varies fucking person to person, but, uh, yeah, I would. How I'm does not it feel? Sh- I guess for you. Uh well, sex work in Canada—it's legal to sell sex, but it's illegal to buy sex. And the basis behind those laws is to lessen the demand for prostitution, which it doesn't, and it won't. So it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I find the people that I talk to about sex work—I don't think that people are judging me most of the time. Sure, maybe they are behind my back, but it's hard to say. Like, I think when people meet me and get to know me, they're like, "Oh, okay." It's just it's just a job. It's no big deal. Yeah. So I don't feel judgment, but I do know that there is a stigma still attached yeah. to it. I feel like I do agree with what you're saying, though. When you're like, I you're open with people, you tell people about it. I feel like with you, like sharing your experience, people are like, oh, wow, she's that's that's what sex work is. Oh, I had no idea. And just like you talking about it, I feel like has to fucking help. Yeah. And like I have nothing to hide. Like I've always been very open with all of my friends. 
like the only people that didn't know in my life until recently were my parents. My brother found out a couple of years ago too. And yeah, it's just, I, I, even when I'm on dating apps, I tell people right away. Cause I just, I don't want to waste my time. And I just think it's better to put it out there. It, you know, it's just a job at the end of the day. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And if I, you know, if I act like it's a big deal and I'm secretive about it, then people are going to maybe feel a certain Recipro- way. Yeah. But, if, but if I'm just straightforward and, you know, transparent, then I think it helps. How is it with, so in Canada, with it being like legal for you, illegal for the buyer, what's the like relationship between like sex workers and like law enforcement? Like, are you, do you feel freely, like you're able to go to the police? Like if you were to need like any kind of anything at all? Yeah, that's the good thing. And I think even a lot of sex workers in Canada aren't aware of this. I think a lot of sex workers don't even know that they're not doing something illegal because I've like talked to this about talked about this with other girls at the studio that I've met and like they think that they're doing something illegal. But I know lots of friends of mine, unfortunately, have had to deal with the police and the police have been very helpful and escorts in Canada. Any kind of sex worker can go to the police and the law is on our side, thankfully. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very different than like what it is in the States where both sides are criminalized. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> you can't a lot of people like they cannot go to the police at all, like just from fear of prosecution or anything mm-hmm. like having to like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking uh, admit to shit in order to like get you to fucking help me. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like the I don't know, the worst thing that's going to happen to an escort in Canada is you get a ticket for being unlicensed because um, not every city requires a license, but if you somehow, I don't know, like I know girls that have gotten tickets, the worst thing that will happen is the police will fake book you and show up and see if you're licensed. And if you're not, you get a ticket. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's never happened to me. But. <laughs> here's a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Here's an $800 ticket. Go get your hooker license. Like, Well, okay. okay. Now $800. <laughs> now I'm like, well, that's a lot. You know? Yeah. I uh-huh. think that's how much they were. I think this, this was like a few years ago when I heard about that, but yeah. Do you feel like you do you have an average clientele that comes to see you? Yeah, I was thinking about this and I would say no. But recently, probably like the last year or so, I've been getting so many guys that are close to me in age, like guys in their 20s, even guys younger than me, which is kind of weird because before, like I see people of all ages, all races, it like it doesn't matter to me. I don't discriminate against anybody. But yeah, I was thinking about that. And yeah, definitely a lot of young guys recently. Which I don't okay. mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you feel like people, when they contact you, like they know what they're doing? Like I'll interview a lot of people and, and people like reach out and they like have no idea what they're doing. Do you feel like when people reach out to you, they know what's up? Uh, the people that actually are successful in booking an appointment do because if someone's texting my phone and they just say hi or hey or some other, I don't know, whatever else, and they're not yeah. making a proper inquiry, I'm very unlikely to even reply to their message. So because I have like I have a website, it's very clear how I want someone to contact me and what information I'm looking for. And if they're not giving me that in their initial text, then I already know that they're not serious and they haven't read my ad. They haven't read my website. So, yeah. So I get a lot of bullshit text messages just like anybody in this business does. But, yeah, the people that actually make it through the door to see me, they uh, have read my website and they know what they're doing. Hopefully. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do our review websites a thing in Canada? Like, do you guys have like uh, review websites? Yes, we do. Yeah, we have a few of them. There's one in particular that I use that's popular uh, for Alberta, I guess. And it's run very well compared to the other boards. Um, They definitely have the best interests of the advertisers, like the escorts at heart. And 
they're on our side. And I found that not to be the case with other boards. So I I don't find the, the board in Alberta to be toxic, but definitely in other parts of Canada is pretty toxic and I won't use them. Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you feel uh how do you feel about reviews? Like do you feel like they're beneficial? Do you feel like they're harmful? What do you what do you think? I think I don't know. I wanna say that oh, fuck reviews, blah, blah, review board culture sucks and who needs reviews. But I do think they're beneficial and they do help. And especially if someone's new and starting out in the business. And unfortunately, you will be busier if you got reviews post about you. That being said, I'm at the point in my career now that I've had dozens and dozens of reviews. And so if somebody's questioning, you know, my thinking I'm fake or questioning my integrity, thinking I'm going to rip them off, like... uh, I don't even have to listen to it, but I think they are helpful for people entering the business. Okay. Okay. Mm. Do you feel like, uh, so you start at 18 and you know, it's, you said it's been like six or seven years since you started. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. How do you, do you view sex work any differently now than you did when you started? I think it's just, ah, I don't know. It's hard. It's just changed so much for me. Like how I do things is so different. Like my boundaries, the kind of clients that I keep around. I just, it's definitely been, a lot of years of learning and it's been a lot of years of hard work and being consistent and like putting myself out there to attract the kind of clients that I want to see because when you're first starting out or when I was first starting out like everyone want to take the new girl for a spin and so I was seeing people that I didn't like and maybe I wasn't always as busy so I would you know see guys more than once that I didn't want to and okay. so I guess now that it's been so long and I've built up clientele, like pretty much everywhere I travel to, I don't have to see people that I don't like anymore, which is probably the big thing. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it just makes the experience for myself a lot better and a lot less stressful when I don't have to deal with people that I don't want to see. A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. I know a lot of people during the pandemic, like, uh, turned to like online sex work. You are on OnlyFans. Uh, how do you like it? I fucking hate OnlyFans. I hate it so much. <laughs> but you should subscribe. <laughs> or anyone people, subscribe, subscribe to the OnlyFans. <laughs> subscribe. Oh, it's so weird. I don't know. When the pandemic first hit, I took a couple months off and like just didn't work. I just I was kind of burnt out anyways, needed a break. And then I continued seeing people in person. And then when things got better in like the spring and summer, I traveled and stuff. And that's how I was making money still. And so I only started OnlyFans. I think in October, yeah, October 2020. So I was pretty late to the party. Okay. And I always had people asking me like to buy videos and stuff. I used to have a premium Snapchat that I also disliked. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you know what, whatever, I'll put some stuff on OnlyFans and we'll try it out. And like I ended up making more money in the first few months than I thought I would, which was surprising. But now it's kind of died down. And I just find like people on there expect like your freaking firstborn child and your left kidney for $5. So uh, yeah, it's (laughs) it's just a lot. And I'm very busy with so many other things in my life that it's I can't commit 40 hours a week to OnlyFans. So like, I don't know what these people want from me. Like I'm doing my best here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like I've talked to a lot of people. And like the one thing that everybody just reiterates so much is like the amount of work it is. Yeah, like people don't think about that. No. If you want to make it, if you want to make money, it's a freaking full-time job. Like there's no, there's no way around it. I only got lucky because I had a following on Twitter and that's where everybody came from. But if I was just starting out and had no followers, nobody knew who I was, I wouldn't make five bucks on there. Like it's just, it's so hard. 
Yeah. It's like you have to almost convert people from other social media platforms yeah. to OnlyFans. If you don't have a following, then you're fucking starting from scratch. And it's like, especially with uh, like how OnlyFans is, like you can't really, f- like, you can't go on OnlyFans and be like, I'm going to just look for people on OnlyFans. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like that. Yeah. And I think it's a shitty platform, honestly. The site is super glitchy. It's super hard to find new people to follow. Like, the only way to find new people is through either other avenues of social media or on OnlyFans, like cross promotion and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I just I I don't know what they're doing there. And like half the time my messages don't send, things don't post. It's just a very glitchy, strange site. And like for for a site with you know, they're making millions of dollars, this company. They should like, you know, hire so someone. So much to, money. They gotta fix that. Like I, I don't understand. People are gonna move to other platforms. Yeah, at least like with like Avian Stars, which is almost like I'd say it's like exactly the same like fucking setup, but it's like you can still like browse people that are on the website. Mm-hmm. With OnlyFans, it's like I can only go to your OnlyFans if I know that your URL mm-hmm. or like I found it on another fuck on another website. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. And like my Twitter was shadow banned a couple months ago too, and that's where I was getting most of my traffic to my OnlyFans. So when that my Twitter stopped working for me, then the OnlyFans traffic like declined dramatically. So like that's just another problem that i'm having yeah <laughs> so no one knew is finding me is is the issue too okay i know uh like not i feel like not every day at work is going to be a good day what no matter what your job is you mm-hmm. know what are some like frustrations or like challenges you have within your job currently i would say i think just administrative things it can be tedious and just texting people constantly and people who aren't reading my ad aren't like serious about booking that kind of stuff gets very tiring and you know it's been six years of dealing with bullshit from men now honestly so (laughs) (laughs) and I think the other hard thing I don't know I've had days where there's one day in particular I had like I was super busy that day and like three of my clients were just like their hygiene was horrific, disgusting, horrifying. I cried after the last one. I was out of town. I drove three hours home that night. So that's the other thing that can ruin my day. I'm like, yo, people listen to the podcast. Yo, if you got a dick, yo, watch that shit for real. I have a sign. I have a sign in my bathroom that says, wash your dick. That's a, oh man. I'm not messing around. That's real fucking talk. Like, you know. Scrub people. Scrub. Oh man, people have shit on my bed, shit stains on the bed. Like, people have blood on my bed. Like, I just, that is probably very hard. The hardest part. if, If you shit on the bed, it's like, I can never come back. Oh man! Can never come back. And it's not like I was even playing with some of these people's asses, you know. Like they just shit on my bed. Or I've had people shit in the shower too one time. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I just uh, who raised these people? I don't know. God, <laughs> the streets. <that's- laughs> I feel like if in the streets though, they'll still talk shit to you if you fucking shit your pants. Come on. I hope so. I hope so. These men need to learn somehow. <laughs> we still got to start bringing shame back. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> What would you say your like favorite uh, and least favorite part of the job is for you? My favorite part by far is being able to work for myself, work my own schedule. I'm able to like pursue other interests, like put myself through school, do these other courses that I like to do. You take time off whenever I want, travel whenever I want. Like just the freedom is by far the best part for sure. And I do like a lot of my clients, so I enjoy spending time with them too. But definitely being self-employed. And then the worst part, the least favorite part, yeah, definitely just constantly dealing with people texting me nonsense and when they shit on my bed. Yep. (laughs) Don't shit on the bed. I don't get paid enough to deal with that. 
I don't know. Many, not a lot of people don't. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> have you, uh, have your views on men or women changed, uh, since starting sex work? Uh, see, it's so hard cause I started so early. Mm. Yeah, I would say I'm a much more open-minded person and I really like meeting people like from different countries and stuff like who weren't born in Canada. I think it's so interesting to like hear how other people grew up. So yeah, I've met like, I don't know, people from India, people from South Africa, people from like China, just yeah, all these different places. And I think I and all these people, they're so interesting. And I probably would never have met them otherwise. So yeah, I think that's one thing. Heck yeah. I know it is so like yeah like starting at 18 like if somebody were to ask me like at 18 like do you feel different <laughs> of course you're gonna you're gonna feel differently about everything that you oh, did yeah. like I didn't you know, know anything yeah first just even about the about the world you know yeah yeah totally do you feel like you know like this is I feel like this is do you feel like you know anything about yourself now that you didn't know before you got into sex work you know yeah I think one big thing is just how like I am myself in romantic relationships too. Like I think doing sex work has dramatically like changed the way I I interact like with partners and stuff. Like okay, like I think I'm just not a jealous person. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because I think if before sex work, not that I was jealous, but I think yeah, I would have had a I wouldn't have been as open minded. Like if I, for example, my boyfriend wanted to go see an escort now, like I would be like, yeah, sure, because I've been there and I know I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, so that's one thing. And then, mm, well, I think I've changed so much as a person. Like just you know, in my early twenties, really formative years, anyways. So it's hard to yeah. say if it was because of sex work or not. But I don't know. Like the last couple of years, I've done a lot of work on myself and done a bunch of like personal professional development programs and stuff. That's just something I love doing. So I think I've, yeah, I've grown a lot from doing that, but yeah, I don't know. I think people in their twenties change so much anyways. Yeah. Like you should. Yeah. That's like from like, yeah. From fucking like eight, like from like 20 to 30, you're like a different person. Yeah. Like when I was 18, I was like a fetus. Like I didn't know anything. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Not that I think I know everything now. I'm still learning. I'm still super young. So (laughs) it's all just everyone's fucking growing constantly. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. No matter like just just from life, you know? Yeah. (laughs) How long do you see yourself in sex work? Yeah, I don't know. I think about this a lot and I know that I don't want to do it for the rest of my life. And I know that I would like to pursue other avenues and like I'm getting an education and, you know, doing other things, but I don't have an expiry date. I would say probably at least a few more years, but I, I don't think that I would say like, oh, I have to be out by 30 or something like I got okay. time. I got lots of time. My good looks will still be with me for a few more years. So <laughs> Wait, they're staying. They're staying. That's right. Thank God for this job because I can afford the Botox. So I'll be young forever. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a thing like if you could do anything, you would do this one thing? Like if money were not an option, do you have like a thing where like I would do that thing? Like for work or just? Yeah, like for work, I guess. Or yeah, let's say that. Uh, I don't know. I have this like fantasy of becoming a van lifer and like having a YouTube channel and just like driving around in my van and sharing my life with people that way. <laughs> See, now that sounds dope. That's yeah. <laughs> my sister. Uh, she's into this like uh, YouTube channel. And they like just like sail around the world or whatever and uh, just like make YouTube videos. And I'm like, that is that sounds very nice. Yeah, super cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> if money were no option, because like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're making money off this YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Like you can, yeah, like you can YouTube if you can monetize it and get a big following, you can pop. I mean, you can make some oh, money. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my brother was a big YouTuber actually. So. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> Are you a fan of stand-up comedy at all? You know, I sh- I should be because everyone tells me that I should be a comedian, but I'm like, I don't know about that. But I you are funny. The podcast, <laughs> it's funny. It's- well, th- well, thank you. But I think I'd shit my pants if I got on stage. I'd be the one shitting my pants then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the Guys We Fucked podcast, which is two female comedians. I really okay. enjoy them. And but I haven't watched any other like actual comedy. So their stand up's good. Yeah, I should I should watch it. I just never Cringe think of it. Funny as fuck. Yeah, they're both funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. But before we get out of here, did you want to leave the people on a story at all? Oh man, what kind of story? Hmm. <laughs> you gotta give me something, something to work I with. I know, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> Any funny sex work story? You're like, oh, this is that was great. They're like, okay, I got one. I got one. I can't remember if I've told the story on my podcast, but I'll just tell it again. So there's this guy and. Oh, this guy, he texts like a like a maniac. Like you'd think that this man is he's just not okay. He's just he's so excited is the problem. He just he loves me. He loves hookers. He's so excited. He loves threesomes. He texts me. He used to text me constantly. He's like, Can you come out to see me and bring a friend? And he texts me this like once a week. He's just like over text. Once a week. <laughs> oh God, he's crazy. Like insufferable over text. But when you meet him in person, he's actually normal and nice. So I can deal with it. But the thing about this guy is he lives like two and a half hours away he pays big bucks for me to gather my all my friends and take them out (laughs) to this farm so anyways it happened to work out one day so he's texting me he wants me to bring a girlfriend out for a threesome whatever you know the kids are at school the wife was at work great (laughs) perfect timing (laughs) and so it's like early spring there's still a lot of snow on the ground turns out he's too paranoid we can't go to his place even though we usually just do it at his place so we go to this like little farmhouse on this other property and there is we go to the bathroom there's no water there's no power okay fine great and then we're like okay where, where are we doing this he takes us to this couch nana's couch it was like an old lady couch i'm like oh god Forgive me, Nana, for we are about to sin all over your couch. (laughs) And this guy is like so paranoid. We like get down to business and yeah, we're like on this, yeah, like a farm. And he sees, well, we all see a van start coming down the driveway and the driveway is super, super long. So it's me, this guy and my girlfriend. And I've never seen a grown man cry like that before, but man, it's, (laughs) it's burned in my memory forever. So this guy's freaking out. We're like, oh, my God, what do we do? This is awkward. Uh, like, we're all naked. Is this- there any way to get out? Like, oh, wait, oh. You can- like, is, there- <laughs> is it a one way in, one way out kind oh, of situation? Oh, man. Well, he didn't know what- whose van it was. So anyways, we, like, get some of our clothes on. Like I said, it's early spring, so a lot of snow is still on the ground. So we go out, like, the side door or something. And so I don't have shoes on. None of us have shoes on. My girlfriend's titties are flapping in the prairie breeze. Okay. We're like running to go hide. We're running to go hide behind these like, like in the, in these trees. And it's like three feet of snow and we don't have shoes on. And my girlfriend, yeah, her titties are everywhere. (laughs) Oh my God. This man's crying. He's like, oh my God, who is that? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. He's like crying, crouching in this bush. We're running through this field. Jesus Christ. And then the van just turns around. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, that's a, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Did the date continue? Was he like, oh, we're good now? Or was he like, just so freaked out? He's like, we got to, there's no way I'm getting a boner. Like, what's? Oh, I don't think he could get a boner. I don't think we continued. I think he yeah. was like, fuck that. This guy's already so paranoid. Like, no, he couldn't. And I was so mad. I was like, how the fuck are you going to do that to me? You owe me money for that. That's traumatizing. I need to talk <laughs> yeah, to my therapist dude. now. I thought your wife was coming to beat us or something. God. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't even know what the van was doing. But yeah, just turned around. And it's like so weird because where we were, like it's just farm. There's not a lot of houses, nothing. Like, like what were these people doing? It was so strange. But that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, love that. (laughs) It's good it wasn't his wife though. That's that's definitely positive. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Well, one time this he's like, oh, you should have a threesome with me and my wife. And I'm like, okay. Turns out he was pretending that his wife was another escort that I'm now really good friends with. And I'm like, I would have known that it wasn't your wife, you noodle head. Like, what the hell? It's not like you would have talked to her at some point. (laughs) I know. I'm like, whatever. You can pretend that she's your wife. I get it. It's fine. But you're not fooling me. I literally fuck on your bed and stare at your wife's face on the headboard because there's a family picture there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know what your wife looks like. (laughs) He, like, gets your wedding band to wear. He's like, wear this. This Oh, he would. He, yeah. No, he loves this lady so much. Oh, my God, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. He's just living the fantasy for an hour at a time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> that's a, I'm like that's 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 the uh that's the that's the life right there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I hope that story was good enough. I don't know. No, that was dope. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Titty slapping in the prairie breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Ashlyn. I appreciate you coming to the podcast. It's been dope. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Fuck yeah. Before we get out of here, do you want to plug some social media for the people so they can follow you? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at adore underscore Ashlyn or at no life skill. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Or my Instagram for the podcast is at no life skills podcast. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. People give her a follow. Listen to the podcast. Give it a five star rating on Apple podcast. Yes. Thank you. Fucking retweet shit. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you you write me a review and send me a picture of it, I will give you a free trial link to my paid OnlyFans. (laughs) Hey. So here I am. I'm about to write a review. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. I'm soliciting myself for reviews. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And I hope the the billboard happens. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm excited about the prospects of a billboard. Man, I'm going to make it happen one way or another. Hell yeah. (laughs) Ashlyn, (laughs) I appreciate you coming to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Fuck yeah. Listeners, we will be back later.